Welcome to The Veteran Doctor. This podcast is for anyone interested to improving their knowledge on veteran-centric topics. Veterans have dedicated their lives to serving our country, so now it's our turn to serve them as they transition back into their civilian lives. We have discovered that there is a lack of knowledge on the availability of resources and how to properly navigate the systems available to veterans when they transition out of the military service. This podcast's purpose is to help bridge this gap of knowledge and guide veterans to resources that they so deserve. The Veteran Doctor is hosted by Dr. John Heinzelman, who has a master's degree in sports and performance psychology and a doctorate in psychology where he specializes in research. He is also a retired Army Airborne Infantry veteran with 22 years of service. So sit back, relax, and enjoy The Veteran Doctor. Good morning, veterans, family, and friends. Welcome back to the 15th episode of The Veteran Doctor. On this week's podcast, we will discuss veteran-related mental health issues. We will also continue with our fun facts of UBI, useful bits of information, and veteran news. We are also really excited that we got word from the Library of Congress that the copyright on my upcoming book, Veterans Resources and Transition Guide, has been approved. So... Good things are coming in the next couple of weeks. The book will be published and you will see it coming out soon. So stand by for that. Our program will start here in a few seconds. Many military veterans experience a group of mental health conditions that tend to affect military personnel and their families disproportionately. These conditions may include post-traumatic stress, PTSD, depression, anxiety, traumatic brain injury, TBI, and substance abuse, among many other issues. Due to the traumatic environment in which active military combatants serve, veterans are at significantly higher risk of developing these health conditions. These concerns can often be addressed and resolved with the support of mental health professionals. The first category we're going to discuss is PTSD in veterans. Post-traumatic stress is an anxiety issue that may develop after an individual has been exposed to a traumatic or overwhelming life experience. While the human body tends to return to baseline levels after experiencing a stressful event, people experiencing PTSD continue to release stress-related hormones and chemicals, or basic type of symptoms characterize post-traumatic stress. Number one, reliving the event. Repeatedly experiencing the event in flashbacks, having intrusive, repeated, and upsetting memories of the event, rarely having nightmares about the event, and having intense and discomforting reactions to objects or situations that remind you of the event. Number two, avoidance. Staying away from people, places, or even thoughts that remind you of the event. Emotional numbness. Feelings of a detachment, memory problems, loss of interest in everyday activities, being emotionally guarded, and feelings of hopelessness. Number three, hyperarousal, continually scanning the surroundings for any signs of danger, problems concentrating, increased irritability, being easily startled, 
and erratic sleep patterns. Number four, negative thoughts, moods, or feelings. Feeling guilty about the event, criticizing or blaming other individuals for the events, and loss of interest in activities and people. Though traumatic incidents such as participating in combat, experiencing sexual abuse, or having a car accident must occur for a person to develop PTSD, not all traumatic experiences result in post-traumatic stress. Only a small percentage of people who go through trauma experience PTSD. This lifetime prevalence of PTSD among American women is 10%, although only 4% of American men will experience PTSD at some point during their life. American combat veterans have a much higher prevalence of PTSD than American civilians. Between 11 to 20% of veterans from Operation Iraqi Freedom, OIF, and Operation Enduring Freedom, OEF, experience post-traumatic stress in a given year. Approximately 12% of Gulf War Desert Storm veterans and 15% of Vietnam veterans are affected with PTSD annually. The lifetime prevalence of PTSD for vet Vietnam veterans is 30%. Military personnel are at higher risk for developing post-traumatic stress because service members are intimately involved in wartime incidents that may be frightening, horrifying, or at times life-threatening. One emotionally overwhelming episode may be enough for PTSD to develop, but combat often facilitates prolonged and repeated exposure to traumatic events. The next category to discuss is depression and anxiety in veterans. Mental health conditions that adversely affect moods such as depression and anxiety are also prevalent among military veterans. And veterans may experience these issues for many different reasons. Factors such as reduced health physically and mentally, unemployment, and financial difficulties can contribute to negative thoughts and moods. Upon returning home, some veterans report feeling disconnected from family members and friends. The belief that no one can relate to their experience or offer meaningful emotional support can prompt service members to bottle up their feelings or even seek social isolation. Such actions, though, can only serve to exacerbate the situation. Other factors may also play a role in developing negative thought patterns. For example, the grief of losing one's friends during combat, coupled with feelings of survival's guilt, can lead to the development of depression and anxiety if they are not adequately treated. The next category we will discuss is traumatic brain injury, TBI, and veterans. Traumatic brain injury is currently one of the most discussed topics in the medical and mental health communities, as many veterans have returned home with a condition's symptoms. It is even called a signature injury of Operation Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom. Traumatic brain injury may be caused by a blow to the head, the head striking an object, or by an explosion in close proximity. People who experience a brain injury may be confused, disoriented, experience slow or delayed thinking, or even slip into a coma. Memory loss of events preceding or immediately following the injury are also common. Other symptoms associated with TBI are headaches, dizziness, and difficulty paying attention. In some cases, traumatic brain injury can result in physical deficits, behavioral changes, emotional deficiencies, and loss of cognitive ability. 
In the most recent conflicts in Afghanistan and Iraq, 78% of all combat injuries are caused by explosive munitions. Mild TBI or concussions is one of the most prevalent combat injuries, affecting roughly 15% of all active military combatants in Iraq and Afghanistan. Due to the devastating effects of roadside bombs in these countries, the ability to effectively treat traumatic brain injury is one of the great importance in veteran care. The next category we will discuss are other mental health issues experienced by veterans. While post-traumatic stress, depression, anxiety, and traumatic brain injury are at the forefront of most people's minds regarding veteran care, there are other mental health conditions that warrant attention. These include drug and alcohol abuse, suicidal ideations, anger issues, sleep apnea, and dementia. An individual who serves in the military will not necessarily develop a mental health condition. Further, a mental health concern experienced by a veteran may have no relation to the veteran's military service. Mental health professionals who work with veterans will typically assess each person individually and consider all symptoms and life experiences before making a diagnosis or starting treatment. The next thing we will discuss is therapy for military and veteran issues. The U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs, the VA, provides a wide range of mental health services and treatments to aid military veterans. Treatment may be given in various settings, short-term inpatient care, outpatient care in a psychosocial rehabilitation, and recovery center, PRRC, or residential care. For veterans experiencing post-traumatic stress, antidepressant, anti-anxiety, or mood-stabilizing drugs may be prescribed by a doctor or psychiatrist. These medications can address depression and anxiety issues, reduce irritability, improve sleep patterns, and ease nightmares or intrusive thoughts. While the use of mood-influencing medications is particularly common in treating depression and anxiety, talk therapies can also be very beneficial. For example, cognitive behavioral therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy, ACT, and interpersonal therapy, IPT, can help veterans reduce emotional pain and reestablish positive social relationships. Certain types of treatments such as cognitive processing therapy, CPT, or prolonged exposure therapy, PE, may also be used to promote positive thought patterns and behaviors in veterans experiencing mental health issues. Medical guidelines strongly recommend both CBT and PE for a treatment of post-traumatic stress. Medical Health Residential Rehabilitation Treatment Programs established by the VA provide a 24-7 healthcare setting for veterans with PTSD. Veterans with traumatic brain injury may experience a variety of mental health issues. Different therapeutic strategies may be applied depending on which areas of the person's functioning are affected. Conventional treatments for TBI include rehabilitation therapies, for example, speech-language therapy, medication, assistive devices, and learning strategies to address cognitive, emotional, and behavioral deficits. The next area we will discuss is the support and therapy of military families. Military life and deployment can take a toll on each member of the family system. Children and teenagers may become irritable and rebellious, and the parent at home may have to cope with the increased burdens of caring for the family alone, daily. Deployments can leave family members feeling anxious, alone, and unsupported. Military families also have to face the possibility that their deployed family members may return seriously injured or may not return at all. A family who is out of touch with extended family members of the military community 
may be more likely to experience increased stress during this period. While happiness and relief may often be experienced when the deployed family member returns home, initial joy might give way to feelings of frustration as issues associated with reintegration increase. The returning parent may experience personality changes and developmental and physical health concerns. Children may have been born or developed into different stages of life, and marital bonds may have been weakened. The need to readjust to new roles within the family system may increase tension between family members. Many resources are available for military families leading up to and during deployments. Family therapy programs help parents explain the deployment process to young children while support programs are in place to help returning veterans and their families get through the reintegration process with as few issues as possible. At present, the VA has identified six key ways to assist family members. Number one, increase behavioral health care services. Number two, promote awareness that psychological health is as important as physical health. Number three, promote housing security for veterans and military families. Number four, increase opportunities for federal careers. Number five, increase opportunities for private sector careers. And number six, provide more opportunities for educational advancement. The next area we will discuss is unused resources available to veterans. Though the United States Department of Veteran Affairs, VA, has expanded its mental health services and integrated supplementary programs for the benefits of, of veterans who are experiencing mental health issues, a significant portion of those services remain unused. Of all Army veterans who have mental health concerns, approximately 60% do not seek assistance for a mental health professional. Studies indicate that roughly 70% of the veterans with post-traumatic stress or depression do not seek help. Surveys indicate that among veterans experiencing mental health challenges have highlighted several reasons for underutilization of available resources. Common responses include fear of being stigmatized within the military community, fear of confronting trauma, constrained access to care due to location or wait time, lack of expertise among available mental health care providers, the belief that friends and family can provide all needed care, lack of knowledge of available mental health resources, and lack of knowledge of how to access possible mental health care. Don't allow these reasons to prevent you or a veteran you know from seeking help. So hopefully this information has helped improve your knowledge on mental health issues that veterans face daily. A little knowledge can help a veteran in need. Please keep an eye out for your fellow veterans out there. They could be experiencing a trauma they experienced in a combat zone that could be causing their issues. And as a friend, you can help them to get through this.
All right, welcome back to the next part of our program. It's our UBI, useful bits of information, or depending on your perspective, useless bits of information. And for our first question, it is, in what year did Germany make their final World War I reparation payment? 1986, 1940, 2010, or 1977? And the correct answer is 1910. The next question, during the Korean War, what country, along with the United States, supported South Korea to stand for democracy and oppose communism? Canada, Great Britain, France, or none of the above? The correct answer is Great Britain. All right, next question. Based on population, what is the largest military base in the United States? Camp Pendleton, Fort Hood, Fort Bragg, or Fort Benning? The correct answer is Fort Bragg. Next question. What was Veterans Day originally called? Soldier's Day, Armistice Day, Military Day, or Day of Surrender? The correct answer is Armistice Day. Next question. Who said it is fatal to enter a war without the will to win it? General Norman Schwarzkopf, General George Patton, President J.F. Kennedy, or General Douglas MacArthur? The correct answer is General Douglas MacArthur. Next question. In what state is the United States Naval Academy? California, South Carolina, Maryland, or Colorado? The correct answer is Maryland. The next question is, in what year did the last U.S. troops leave Vietnam? 1970, 1973, 1969, or 1976? The correct answer is 1973. Next question, what does WAC stand for? War Alliance Council, Wounded Army Coalition, Women's Army Corps, or none of the above? The correct answer is Women's Army Corps. Next question. Who was the pilot of the B-29 Enola Gay that dropped the Hiroshima bomb? Colonel pa- Paul Tibbetts, Colonel Joseph William Kittinger II, Colonel Herman G. Hank Tillman Jr., or Colonel Paul W. Murphy? The correct answer is Colonel Paul Tibbetts. Last question. Who did not receive a Congressional Gold Medal? Walt Disney, Bob Hope, Henry Fonda, or John Wayne? The correct answer is Henry Fonda. All right, that concludes our UBI portion of the program. I will move on to our next portion, which is veteran news. This week's veteran news is that all vets could be eligible for the COVID vaccine at the VA soon, but supply problems remain the biggest challenge as reported by Leo Shane III. Congress and veteran fair leaders want to get as many veterans vaccinated against the COVID-19 as soon as possible in the coming months. How quickly they can do this is the big question, however. On Tuesday, House lawmakers approved new legislation that would allow VA health officials to offer vaccines to as many veterans, including those living abroad and most caregivers when supplies become available. Under current rules, only veterans who are eligible for VA healthcare and certain caregivers enrolled in the official VA assistance program 
can get the shots. We don't have any time to waste, according to the committee chairman, Mark Takano. He said that we have to get more shots into arms. Our VA Vaccine Act makes sure that the VA can. The measure passed without any objection and strong support from several prominent Republicans, including committee ranking member Mike Boost, and now heads to the Senate, where earlier this week, the chairman and ranking member of the Senate Veteran Affairs Committee offered a similar measure with the goal of increasing the number of vaccinated vets. We need to vaccinate as many Americans as possible to get through this pandemic and get our economy back on track, said the committee Senate John Tester. That starts by making sure that every veteran has access to the vaccine, regardless of whether they're enrolled in the VA healthcare or not. Tester's bill, introduced along with several Republicans, will allow VA to provide no-cost vaccines to all veterans, veteran spouses, caregivers, and civilian health and medical programs of the Department of Veteran Affairs, CHAMP VA, recipients to the extent that such vaccines are available. The VA Undersecretary, Dr. Richard Stone, states that it's a next logical step for us. Should the Congress give us the authority, we'll be ready. Department staff administered over 250,000 vaccine doses last week, Stone said. He believes the VA could do more than 300,000 if given supplies from federal partners. The next move is potentially changing those rules will come from the Senate, where leaders will have to decide whether to advance their own measure to the House or quickly pass the measure sent to them on Tuesday night. Even if either measure becomes law, it will likely take several weeks or months before the VA medical centers open vaccine distribution to the new populations. But given the demand for doses across the country, that could provide a quicker path to vaccine than other private sector options. All right, that concludes our veteran news. The next portion of our program is called Shoutouts. This section is reserved for recognizing new members of our podcast and partners or sponsors that support us in everything we do. We cannot continue our podcast without everyone's support, so thank you. And this week, we do not have any new members or sponsors, so please listen to the next portion of our program to see how you can become a patron or sponsor. Do you want to be part of something bigger? Do you want to help veterans? Have you thought about helping the veteran doctor? As you may already know, the focus of the veteran doctor is to improve your knowledge on veteran-centric topics. The research and information dissemination process can be daunting with the maintenance of literature, books, websites, blogs, podcast episodes, and other administrative necessities. This ultimately takes time, resources, and marketing to reach and support veterans, as well as their very diverse needs. We are so excited about the process of podcasting and the potential impact it can have on the veteran population. To keep going and improve this podcast, we would tremendously be grateful to anyone who can support us in our expansion and growth. We are looking to enhance this podcast quality and would find it more manageable with a bit of support. So if you think you're receiving a few dollars a month worth of entertainment, we would greatly appreciate you investing in The Veteran Doctor. We offer different rewards for different pledge obligations, so please see what may fit your budget. Once again, we appreciate your support. And from all the veterans out there who benefit from this podcast, I'm sure they appreciate your support too. Every program must establish a goal and milestones to determine what is going to be done with the funding. 
The first goal we're going to reach is a monthly pledge of $500 collectively. The milestones are, number one, help pay for ongoing production costs, hosting fees for websites, blogs, and podcasts. Number two, help purchase rewards for patron supporters. Number three, offset marketing costs for websites, blogs, and podcasts. And number four, help buy new equipment and technology to improve podcast sound and quality. There are different rewards for each monthly donation amounts. The donation amounts range from $1 to $50 a month. The rewards include one or more of the following items listed depending on the level of monthly donation. Some examples of the rewards may consist of number one, a thank you on the show or website. Number two, a thank you email. Number three, early access to new episodes. Number four, show swag, t-shirts, bumper stickers, lapel pins, and a pen. Number five, a patron can read a short message on the show. Number six, call in as a special guest. And number seven, a patron can determine a show topic. So if you think you're receiving a few dollars worth of uh, entertainment, come on down and support The Veteran Doctor. As veterans, we have a lot of questions when it comes to transitioning out of the military. Or are you already out of the military and having trouble reintegrating? Are you having issues finding veteran resources? Or do you just want to learn more about veterans? Well, the Veterans Resource and Transition Guide may just be the solution for your issues. This book is available on Amazon.com and is in both ebook or paperback. It is a book written to help veterans with research, knowledge, and resources with their transition back into civilian life and beyond. Our society's current problem demonstrates that many veterans, as they transition out of the military, do not have the knowledge, training, or resources to reintegrate back into society properly. They do not know where to go, what to do, and do not even have a sufficient plan to survive. The purpose of this guide is to provide a one-stop and quick reference source of research, knowledge, and resources for veterans to easily reference to give veterans a better understanding of the dynamics of veteran issues, educate veterans on the process of transitioning out of the military, what to do once they get out, develop a plan, and provide resources to help make life a little easier during and after that transitional experience. Additional information has been added for our survivors' benefits for surviving widows, and a military 101 class to help educate the civilian workforce on military culture and lifestyle. The guide's additional intent is to make it a living document by taking input from readers and providers on information and resources, providing an annual update to veterans on the ever-changing and developing process of transitioning and resources. This guide will provide resources of knowledge to veterans, helping guide them through their transitional journey. So grab yourself a copy today and get those resources you so deserve. Do you want to learn more about me? Maybe you uh, want to learn more about my new book or future books. What about our new veteran blog? Do you want to learn more about the veteran doctor? Well, 
My website may be your solution. My author website is up and is available for viewing at www.johneheinzelman.com. That's J-O-H-N-E-H-E-I-N-T-Z-E-L-M-A-N.com. This site will provide you with the latest and greatest information on me, my latest literary works, future works, my veteran blog, and this podcast, Veteran Doctor. A unique feature available on the website is the Veteran Blog. The Veteran Blog provides veterans with the latest up-to-date information on veteran-specific topics that affect everyday life, whether challenging or life-enhancing. The purpose of this site is to keep veterans informed and help improve knowledge quicker and on-demand. Subscriptions are available in monthly, weekly, and unlimited access depending on the veterans' informational requirements. The feature of this site will include special features, video, classes, depending on the subscriber access level. Please check it out and try our seven-day free trial. So as this week's episode comes to a close, we hope you enjoyed the information you gained on The Veteran Doctor. Remember, we welcome feedback on this podcast to help improve our quality and content. Or if you have any new ideas, please send them to info at johneheinzelman.com. That's J-O-H-N-E-H-E-I-N-T-Z-E-L-M-A-N.com. I hope you come back and visit us on our next episode. So until next time, take care. Be safe and enjoy your week. Have a good one.